welcome to the fifth episode of The Unbundant. I'm Jesse Cornett. Emily Keith. Douglas Fashing. How'd you get in here? Yeah. Uh, good directions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some of you might remember uh, we called Doug during the first episode and left him a message. Um, he wasn't expecting a call, so he didn't take it. And we've actually hoped to have him uh, join us um, as a, a guest co-host, so welcome. Oh, well, thank you. So tell us a little about yourself to start out. Where to begin? Uh, second grade. Second grade. Uh, <laughs> born and raised in Portland. Sixth generation Oregonian. Oh, wow. Uh, went to elementary middle school on the west side. Went to Grant for high school. And done a little bit of everything. Did insurance, office work, ran political campaigns. And now I'm a legal investigator. I work with attorneys. Excellent. You have your Juris Doctorate as well? I do. Excellent. I, I uh, graduated from Portland State way back when. Go Vikes. Uh, yeah, with a degree in history. Not much you can do with a degree in history. And a uh, law degree from Willamette. There you go. How do you two know each other from what political campaign? Was it 2004? Was it Bus Project stuff? Bus Project. The Oregon Bus Project yeah. stuff really early on. What's it's, that? It's a uh, organization here that is... They motivate young people to get involved in the political process. Oh, like Jesse? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Go figure. Um, in 2004, that would have been accurate. Yeah. Uh -huh. Are you going to stand the whole time? Yes, I am going to stand the whole time. Okay. I typically do, except I might actually lay down on the concrete. You can, in the fetal <laughs> position, you can do whatever. Yeah. No, usually it's just kind of back down. It looks very odd. You're just hovering over me. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. you can stand if you'd like. No, I'm good. Should I sit down? Am I? It's up to you. Yeah. Nah. Or you can pace. I yeah. don't know. Whichever makes you. I start doing jumping jacks. So in like the second half when I'm panting hard. Okay. It's not that you excited me. It's that. Okay. That was not what I was thinking <laughs> that you were doing when the pant. Okay. It's jumping jacks. That's yes. what we're going to call it. Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do we want to talk about today? Let's. Uh, <laughs> is this a segue? This is it's a exact Holy yes. shit. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> because that was the yours. finesse. So, uh, how about the Blazers? Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, good. Why is it that no one can give directions in this town? I don't know. And it's like uh, someone gave me directions the other day. It's like, oh, you take. Exit 289 off of I-5 and you take a left. And I'm like, where the fuck is 289? If they just said the Jiggles exit, I would have known, go down to the Jiggles exit and then hang a left. But, and I realized that Jiggles hasn't been there in like, I don't know, five, ten years. And now it's the Kabbalah exit. But if you just oh. said, it, I know the Burgerville exit of I-5 and I know the Jiggles exit. And so we should have just told you we're 10 blocks east of Sassy's. I even know where the Jiggles exit is. That's yeah. Tualatin, right? Yeah. Near the warehouses. But you tell me exit 289, yeah. and I'm just, I'm no. putting it into my map quest, and yeah. So you just said... I, I, I could have done that. I thought about just saying the intersection that we're at, but instead I thought I would be precise and kind and actually give you the address. So I'm big into Portland landmarks. Is on a, I know you were born here, sixth generation. <laughs> we're on a grid system as well. I know. Which makes it kind Specifically landmarks that aren't here anymore. You know, oh. It's like, it's very helpful. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So. Seven, 17 paces from the third headstone in. <laughs> just just the, There it is. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? My is text. Oh. Someone's not listening already, are they? Yeah, they're already complaining about the uh, the content of the show. Oh, and so. <laughs> you're, you're going to edit all of this out. This is the... No. 
Oh, you're no, not. We'll edit some of this out. Some of it out, but not not much of it. Not you asking me that question and okay. us responding. Okay. We do take a little bit of it out, though. Yeah. The uh, um, speaking of go Blazers. You want to talk about Myers Leonard? No. No. You want to uh, talk about Myers Leonard? Not particularly. Uh, oh no! I, that, I thought that would be a great segue <laughs> to our boy Popovich. The uh, The Washington Post had a great article about the NBA's most outspoken coach. Longest standing coach as well. I will post a link to that article on the, the Twitter and our Facebook page. Uh, very interesting. The headline being something along the lines of Trump being his you know his greatest challenge mm-hmm. um, or something along those lines. And it gives some interesting insights into him that uh, I didn't previously know. He speaks two other languages, uh, Serbian and Russian. He spent three years and spent three years as a he claims as a stenographer on the Russian border. So uh, it turns out he is a former spy. Didn't say that, but I think that's true. Interesting character. Doesn't really get into his opposition to Donald Trump very much, though. No, none of that. No, but I think through his actions. Plus, I mean, it's a it's a United Nations, uh, the the Spurs. I mean, they have mm-hmm. you know ten or twelve people, players a couple of years ago were overseas, and the argument now is is he a better coach than Phil Jackson? And I would yes. say yes. Yes. Phil's got more rings, but he did benefit from Jordan and then Kobe. Yeah. And and Popovich is. Put together a solid team. It's hard to root against the Spurs. It is. The thing that I like about Popovich the most, and the article gets into this, is he wouldn't be interviewed for the article because uh, it was about him. And unlike so many other people involved in professional sports, mm-hmm. uh, he is this private person. And he is in a world where shameless self-promotion is rewarded all too well. That's not a segue to Milo yet. <laughs> Very close. And uh, he just, he completely, uh, he guards uh, sort of his privacy. And uh, he, you know, he won't you know, won't go out and sell himself. Uh, something that, you know, not that Phil Jackson has been shameless at that, but... Think- Phil Jackson is shameless in that. Yeah. Also with the, the fights he picks. Uh, he goes after uh, Carmelo Anthony. That was and, so mean. And just he, unnecessary. But I will say this about Pavlovich. He had much respect, respect for Craig Sager. As we all did. Mm-hmm. And when Craig Sager passed away, well, when he was going through his chemo, uh, Craig Sager's son was doing the sideline reporting. And Popovich had some very kind words to say uh, about uh, Craig Sager. Um, and I think they were good friends. And, and Popovich respected him a lot. And yeah. They bring that up in the article. Mm-hmm. It's a good uh, it's a good tie-in. Yeah, they so. talked to Sager Jr., Mm-hmm. It's interesting how this administration, though, is creating him as this voice of yeah. opposition. We can hope Who? this is leading up to 2020, right? Since now anybody can be president. Really, truly, why not Greg Popovich? Well, well he's not Kanye's going to be president. <laughs> so. We're not. Um, but, you know, it's a good thing that he's winning because... Kanye would actually be... I'm, I'm certain he would be a better president than the one we have now. I'm not against it. Fuck. I'm convinced that Kanye is high-functioning autistic, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, he's a genius. He's a musical genius. Yeah, yeah. But if you see him in interviews, he has, there's something going on. There. Did you just call Kanye a musical genius? He is. I'm editing that shit out. Have, <laughs> have you listened to Monster? He wrote Monster. He wrote The N-Words in Paris. Uh, Gold Digger. I mean, the man's got talent. Yeah. No, I think it's indisputable. My kid, he's a very talented He musician. is very talented. I, I dare say he is the best writer of the past 10 years. 10, 20 years. I mean, just prolific. And I'm not talking about his clothing line, which is horrible, or anything else, but I mean, he he is a musical genius. 
His but he is high. Is almost as quality as his taste in women. I think uh, water rises to its own level. But the uh, I, I mentioned Milo. It's probably a good time to segue. Yiannopoulos. How do you say his last name? We talked about him before, but we Yiannopoulos? didn't. Yiannopoulos? Yeah. We didn't actually say his last name. Who cares? I still can't. Milo. Milo. So there was a great episode of, uh, of as always, of Bill, Bill Maher. Maher on uh, Friday. You guys watch Bill Maher? I watch I do. clips online. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever met somebody who watched Bill Maher. Did I send I you the, the, the... I respect Bill Maher. And this is a good point because you don't watch him because you don't... I don't like him. Exactly. This is a good segue. And this is the problem with liberals. I'm telling you. And not just you particularly. Because there's been a lot of uh, heat that Maher's got. He chummied up to him. They, they were like, oh, bromance between Maher and, and uh, this guy. And Maher, is a, he's a libertarian. You know, he wants legalized drugs and, you know, government off his, hands off his body. You know, that the man gave a million dollars to Obama. I mean, so, I mean, he's very, I mean, he is very progressive in his thinking. But the problem with liberals, I'm not singling you out. You focus on just did. Well, okay, I'm going to single you out, Emily. Don't, nothing personal. No, no, no offense. We focus on the, like, the 1% that we disagree on. And people are like, oh, I hate Bill Maher. Oh, I can't believe he, he gave him a platform and, and he gave him... Well, to uh, be fair, mostly I don't watch because I don't find it funny. Okay. Well, that's, that's why I don't watch, watch Portland, India. I don't find Fred Armiston funny. He's right. not. Thank you. He's not funny. But liberals sometimes, we forget that we agree 99% of the time on a lot of things. I mean, almost all the time. But we focus on, oh, I can't believe he said that. I'll, I'll never watch. Like Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. It's like... I don't give a shit what she says. I mean, she's batshit crazy, and, and I saw her interview, and I'm like, well, to each their own. I love Susan Sarandon. See? See? I don't and, think she's crazy in the slightest. And she's got a new miniseries or movie coming out that everyone's talking about. So, I mean... So, so I got to meet her in, uh, yeah. and spend like 10 minutes with her. That's a girl. In March, I think it was March mm-hmm. or so of last year, she was introducing Bernie Sanders at a rally in Boise, Idaho, and I go into the staff room, as we're waiting the motorcade uh, to pull folks off of it as they got there. And I walk into the room, and it's Susan Sarandon, one person with her, and just me. So, And I got a fun picture with her. I hadn't trimmed my beard in like two months. Um, so I looked a little Duck Dynasty back then. Um, the, uh, uh, but she was great. So I have a chance to talk to Susan Sarandon. She has a boot on her foot because she had broken her ankle. And so I stand Is there. playing ping pong? <laughs> I stand there essentially until the time she's getting ready to go. The motorcade gets there and she's going to start talking to the crowd. And I, of course, am the one that looks at her and says, looked at her ankle and said, I would say break a leg. Did she laugh? She giggled. She, I got a courtesy laugh out of it. Yeah. yeah that's that's, that's sad. All I mean, you deserve that's like a, really... oh, when you take off your clothes. It's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I haven't like, that happen, have you? <laughs> no, but I mean, it's still a laugh. You're still getting laid, but it's just not, you know, not what you, really what you want to hear. Yeah. But, so, you were lucky enough, there's one room with Rosario Dawson, and there's one room with Susan Sarandon, and you were lucky enough to end up with Thelma. Or Louise. Which one was she? She was Louise. There you, thank oh, you. Oh, was she? Oh my gosh. Like, is that, like, which room do I go into? No, it just, I'm just suggesting it's you, the luck. What happens if I walk in and they're both in the same room? Well, then. That was at the Democratic Convention. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And yes, I did just, don't five both of them. Yeah, yeah, sorry. 
Let me apologize in advance for everything. I just, nope, not going to do it. So we were going to talk about Milo. Yeah. We were talking about Bill Maher. Bill Maher is having a good, uh, he's having a good run right now. Um, his, uh, did either of you see the rant that he did on the, on why he's supporting the Falcons? No. Yes. Oh my God. He made, they made him care about football. Yes, yes. They made him care about football. Is he from Atlanta? <laughs> no, but he actually did say in a bit, i you know, I support them from, because I'm from, you know, he was listing off reasons that he was supporting them. One of them was because I'm from Atlanta. Oh, no, the fuck I'm not. I'm from New Jersey. He's from New Jersey. Uh, yeah. the, uh, no, just because of the, the ties between the Patriots and Kraft the and right now. Tom Brady and, and uh, Belichick. But you know, the, pro- or the, the person I had the biggest issue with on that whole panel, it's not Milo. I mean, you know, you knew he was a scorpion when you pick him up. I mean, he, he is what he is. He's, he's a flamethrower. He wants to get a rise out of you and he calls himself a supervillain on this Facebook page whatever I mean so is this Milo or Bill Maher Milo Milo the person I have a problem with Jack Kingston that guy is I'm not sure if he's evil or just an asshole because this is this is the same guy that last week suggested that kids who get free lunch should have to work for it like Mm -hmm. maybe sweep the sweep the halls of the of the school and this guy is a representative from Louisiana, somewhere in the South. But he's got that Southern aw shucks approach to things. And some of the things he says are just mean. And and he was he was, you know, laughing and, and happy go lucky in that in that presentation too. So the news, spewing whatever he's gonna do. The news coming out of that was that Larry Wilmore, the comedian, had told Milo to go fuck himself. But what the story actually could have been, should have been, to further your point, is that there were five people at that table. And they didn't um, tell him to go fuck himself. No, no, Larry Wilmore did. The other guest did, um, and uh, and not so many words. And so did, uh, um, yeah, no, they did actually. The, I think it was in the afterward in the, uh, the 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 overtime session that they do. Um, everyone except for Kingston um, at the table told him to go fuck himself. But you know, the what, what Milo did to Leslie Jones was horrible. I mean, he went after her on Twitter. The guy got kicked off of Twitter. Yeah. You know how hard that is? Yeah, that's difficult. And the things that he said and all of his followers retweeting her, her account was hacked yeah. and all those pictures got out. I mean, he did a number on this woman and who has more talent mm-hmm. than he'll ever have. Mm-hmm. And she is a fantastic actress and, you know, generally a good person. But, I mean, that's why Wilmore went after him. He was like... First of all, what you're saying about pedophiles, go fuck yourself. And second, what you say about Leslie Jones. But I mean, that's just, those are just two examples. There are so many things that this guy has done that warrant a go yeah. fuck yourself. Yeah. But I mean, that's how he gets either, uh, it's, it reminds me of the movie Private Parts with Howard Stern. Oh. <laughs> where early in his career, they found, they looked at the ratings and, the, and uh, who was listening to him, he said... Uh, half the people love you, half the people hate you, but they're all listening to you because they just want to hear what you're going to say next. And and I think that's true with this guy. They just yeah. And Maybe it sounds wasn't he disinvited from CPAC? Yeah, no CPAC, the Conservative Political Action uh, Committee had uh, had him as a keynote speaker oh, for their yeah. speech this week, and they disinvited him over the weekend. There was uh, something that he said that he claims was taken out of context. Uh, where effectively, 
Um, he said so that pedophilia wasn't that bad. I mean, basically, oh, you know, but for the priest when he was thirteen, he wouldn't be as good at giving head. What? Yes. So Did he say that on Joe Rogan. About, uh, I love how we pull out video of podcasts, which maybe that's something you should do in the future. Uh, have the the video portion of this, but when Joe Rogan gets thrown into a, a controversy, yeah, this is the day. This is the age that we're living in right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. It's like, because Joe Rogan is a very funny guy, yeah. smart guy, interesting podcast. Yeah, huge uh, audience. Uh, very huge audience. I mean, he's, he doesn't have like Adam Carolla numbers. No. But, but I mean, Milo, he's doing the circuit. He was on Joe Rogan. He yeah. was on Adam Carolla. And the fact is, they originally booked him to be a keynote speaker. And all this was out there. Mm-hmm. So they're only they're only uh, disinviting him because the, the he got too, I mean, got too hot. The heat is on. Yeah. Fun little saga for that guy. It's amazing how... Are you, are you texting me? I'm, I'm not texting you. Are you on your phone? Yet. You know, you should focus on your podcast. I'm, I'm looking at stuff to read for the podcast. I don't prepare for the podcast. I show up and do my work. It, it's evidence. <laughs> no, it, it's you can argue it's organic. It's organic, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my... There's a press conference this week. Did you watch it? I, I didn't watch it because... I couldn't watch it. I watched the beginning. Mm-hmm. Back and forth. It was, it was an hour and 15 minutes. It was long. And what I don't understand is, well, one, why any reporters go in there to begin with. It's like, in my personal life, if someone lies to me every time I ask a question... Why do you stop asking? I stop asking questions. Yeah. So why do they continue to ask Stephen Miller, Conway, Pence, Mm -hmm. Trump, uh, Bannon? It is, you're not going to get a a straight answer. Why do you keep asking these questions? Look at their actions. I would report on their actions. I would never ask them, what do you mean by that? I'd report, this is what they're doing. And because Trump is, in a way, a genius. Because he knows that if he says something inflammatory... Mm -hmm. That will carry the day. And even John Oliver talked about that last night. It's, you can't get away. I look at my Facebook feed. It's, oh, look at what Trump said now. I look at Yahoo. Oh, look at Trump tweeted this. I was like, oh, sweet Jesus. We are talking about the electoral vote again. Because he claimed he got the largest electoral college vote since Ronald Reagan. And Well, he's still running against Hillary. Simultaneous, people were pointing out that wasn't true. And he stuck to his guns. Because we should matter. be talking about the new Muslim ban, but no. Or or the memo that came out that uh, uh, national fake Guard. news. Yeah, yeah. There was a memo that came out where the Department of Homeland Security had been working uh, to potentially activate National Guard units to help round up illegal immigrants mm-hmm. uh, in this country. Um, AP reported on it. AP was immediately attacked because. Um, it was not true. It was not going to happen. So it wasn't true that there was a memo. Allegedly, from from what uh, Sean Spicer said. I mean, God. yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, they said it wasn't true. Oh, well, okay, moving on. I, I, I don't understand why they keep asking these questions. I thought it interesting. Although, Conway, have you seen Conway lately? No, I think no, she's yeah. Stations have stopped. Stations, I mean, yeah. this, what you're saying is, is happening with her. her. Her lack of credibility is, is apparent. Apparently. Well, you just get, re- I mean, when you have to defend what Trump says, you just get crushed by the weight of your own spin. I mean, it's, it's bound to come back and bite you in the ass. And when you say, when you paint yourself in such a corner, 
that you have to utter the phrase alternative facts, okay, we're done here. I mean, there's nothing. And Don Lemon today, or over the weekend, they're talking about a big extravagant budget of Trump in the first month. And this one correspondent kept calling it fake news. And I'm like, listen, you don't know the definition of fake news. That's what US Uncut puts out, Breitbart puts out. That is fake news. Those are stories intentionally meant to mislead people. This is an actual story, you know, and it's, I don't know why they keep asking them questions. I mean, this is behavior that is, uh, I know I saw a response from a lot of conservatives to my strong negative response to Donald Trump's presidency saying we survived eight years of, of Barack Obama. You can like get over it and survive this. And it's like, no, no, no. I also survived eight years of George W. Bush. Yeah. And while I really abhorred his politics and I don't want to endorse anything that he did, not the Patriot Act, not the wars, uh, not the, the financial crisis that uh, he started. Like he, not everyone will agree, like he, I think even though what the country's best interests were uh, to him is radically different than what it is to me, he was at least actually operating in the country's best interest. Donald Trump is operating in his own best interest and his own best interest only. And what we're seeing with the media, John McCain spoke up. Uh, about this just in the last week. And how is it that John McCain... Oh, fuck John McCain. I'm sorry for these people that are like, hey, finally, a, a person on the right to go against Trump. John McCain gets his finger wet, sticks it in the air, see which ways the, the political winds are blowing. I mean, Trump called him a coward because he got captured in the Vietnam War. Didn't say anything. Didn't waver for his support. Nothing. It wasn't until that video came out of Trump on the bus and McCain looked around and go, oh, people are really upset about that. Okay, now I'm gonna make a stand. I mean, John McCain is, I wish, I long for Captain John McCain, not Senator John McCain. John McCain's the same guy that Bush and his cronies in 2000 went to South Carolina black and started baby. doing push-pulling about illegitimate black children and knocked McCain out of the race because McCain <coughs> was winning at that point. God, I remember that now. McCain wow. came back and supported him in 2004 and support that administration because he, he supported him in 2000 and yeah, 2004. Because he knew they knew, you know, once Bush is out of there, we'll we'll get you in office. And and McCain is as self-serving as we all are. Uh, it's, it's and McCain was the one who either intentionally foisted Palin on the world or didn't say anything yeah. when she was foisted upon him. Yeah. So shame on John McCain. I have, yeah. So when he's out there going, oh, uh, this is not. I mean, he is right that this is typically how yeah, but it's just gets started. I mean, yeah. it seems like a pretty plain point, but broken clock twice a day. Yeah, I'm I'm done with. Yeah, John it's, McCain just looks around and said, "I can I can get a little publicity, some unearned media from this. I'll I'll make a stand." It's like, <laughs> I mean, but he he has his own agenda, and yeah. and, and it's just he he does whatever the political winds are blowing. He goes that way. Yeah, that's my rant about John McCain. But you know, even my li liberal friends, which our majority of my Facebook uh, feed, they're like, oh, thank God a savior from the from the, the right. And I'm like, no, I don't think John not, McCain you know. is talking and even, to anyone. And even even Rand Paul said, if John McCain was president, we'd be in a perpetual war. Yeah, but but in fairness, Rand is uh, an isolationist. Like he, they have very fundamentally different views on international affairs um, as Republicans. Rand Paul's view on it is is very out of the mainstream by comparison to John McCain's. So, um, so got him to be a senator. So not that far out of the mainstream.
Hello, Kentucky. I mean, in fairness, he replaced Jim Bunn. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a in his last race for the U.S. Senate in 2004, ran against Daniel Monjardo, who was from Eastern Kentucky, uh, a doctor, uh, a dark-skinned doctor. I forget his heritage, but during the campaign, Jim Bunn said, "Oh yeah, he just looks like one of Saddam's sons, oh, Uday. Oh. Looks like Uday." Mm-hmm. And uh, cruise to re-election over him, so that really speaks to Kentucky's electorate. Hi, Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> Although I've been to Kentucky, my parents live there. I've been there too. Yeah, you know, Kentucky has, for its size, it's probably middle of the pack or towards the bottom of sizes of states. Mm-hmm. Bigger like than Oregon, but they is have, it? No, yep. it's not bigger. Than I don't. Oregon. I, would, I don't think so. Just oh, we're gonna check population. But numbers. it is second or third in the number of counties. There are 125 oh. counties yeah. in Kentucky. I would believe it. 125 counties compared to Oregon's 36, mm-hmm. but it's a very different, yeah, I mean, they're teeny. They are teeny. Yeah. They, I think the reason was they want a day's journey to your county county seat. Oh. About 100, over 100. Oh, That's your fun fact for the day. I like it. How's it going comparing the size of Kentucky and Oregon? Just Oregon has 3.97 million as of 2014, whereas Kentucky has 4.413. Wow. So, no. So maybe we're going to... Oh, so, so population-wise. Okay, I thought you meant square. I, square yeah. miles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, no, I'm... Oh, I no, mean, Oregon's, Oregon's decidedly larger. Yeah, in, okay. In, in, you know, acreage or mileage or whatever. We're all agreed, then. So, what else happened this week of note? There was a terror attack in Sweden. There was a terror attack in Sweden. You know, it's really amazing because Kellyanne Conway, really the start of her downfall and, and not being taken as a legitimate... Uh, interviewee was because she talked about the Bowling Green Massacre. Yeah. And so you would think the administration would learn something, but instead the president himself yeah. decides that there was a terror incident the previous night. Well, you, you know what he ma- means. I mean, it's, it is, and I think even one of his spokespeople said today, it's not what he says, it's the emotion or the message that he is conveying. It was like a dog whistle. It's like, it's, we are unsafe from right. a Muslim threat. And that, so it really doesn't matter that he's, wrong. His supporters don't care. I mean, these rallies are just, you know, to throw red meat to his supporters, right? Yeah, it's and like I think he also Election gets fraud, right terror, yeah. media. I mean, it's, I mean, that's what they're there for, and to give him a little ego boost. Yeah. It, it's, it's frightening. And this administration was faced with facts and evidence. They just double down. It's amazing. Though he did eat a bit of crow on Twitter. It was basically more of this. This was the information I was given. You know, Kind of same thing that happened well, at press conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, but, you know, it's like okay. Yeah, but maybe you need better people giving you information. I now. would, I would agree. I would but that didn't stop him from repeating it. Nope. At his rally, so it's and the Republicans will go along with it until you know, as long as they get what they're yep. they're behind the scenes action, their you know, their uh, their budget and this and that, and then when he no, I mean he's serving their purpose. Yeah. Once he's no longer useful, then. They they know the Democrats are just focused on how do we impeach him or how do we get rid of him. So the the Republicans are like, okay, you you spend your time doing that. Yeah. We'll run the government and and when the time comes, we'll we'll serve them up to you. Yeah, don't get me started on national Democrats. They're just I wish they could lead like Republicans do. I wish they wanted to win like Republicans do. Republicans are scorched earth. They don't care how they win an election. Mm-hmm. They'll do it. Two thousand. This one, I mean, it just doesn't matter. And they get into leadership and they they do away with committee rules. Perception 
doesn't bother them. It really doesn't. They do it, what they believe is best for the country, but it's party before country because they believe their party is the best best direction for the country. And then Democrats are like, well, if we do this, then, you know, like the nuclear option, you know, they don't do that because, you know, they don't come back and Republicans <clears throat> might do it to them. And it's, guess what? Done. Oh, Democrats are just so, Democrats want to play nice, rise above it all. You know, it's not by like the spirit of elections and, Dem and Republicans are like, not afraid to get muddy. They are not afraid. And I wish Democrats on the national level were like that. Yeah, certainly it's not working in their favor. No, not at all. The uh, I think the last thing that I wanted to mention this week is, so the terror attack in Sweden and the development of a new Muslim ban, yeah. it, you know, the, it's all because of this alleged threat to our, what's the, what are the words for it? Um, the threats to our um, national security. I, I think a greater threat to that is the disorganization um, that's happening in the national security apparatus right now. Uh, Michael Flynn, the director of the National Security Agency, there's been a lot that's been <coughs> said about him. And I don't think we have to belabor it too much. Um, after the Obama administration announced sanctions on Russia, he had a conversation uh, with the Russian ambassador where, among other things, he talked about asking them to not retaliate as the next president would likely soften those sanctions. Like, how do you get to his level and not know that we're bugging the Russian ambassador's phone? And he has this conversation, and then he gets questioned by the FBI about it. And he lied. And the acting attorney general, Sally Yates, the one who um, nobody had ever heard of before until she said that as a Department of Justice, they would not enforce the Muslim ban and was summarily fired. She had warned the White House uh, that he had had the conversation and lied about it. Uh, and they did nothing until a news article came out. Uh, a fake news article came out because of a leak, as is how the president typified it, and they had to fire Michael Flynn, becoming the first, the shortest-lived high administration official ever. He was, he asked Admiral Hayward, is that how you say his name? Mm -hmm. To replace him. Um, and apparently they got into a bit of a disagreement about how much control he would have. He's going to run the National Security Agency, but he can't appoint his own people. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, he can bring staff in. So as a self-respecting uh, career military man, he did the wise thing and said, no, uh, I've turned it down. Uh, so we're uh, in our second week without uh, a head of that agency. And it's well, he just got someone today. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, breaking news. Yeah. You <laughs> hear it first that when we post this tomorrow that it happened yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of his name. Someone accepted. McMaster. McMaster. So he found somebody who was uh, effectively willing to buy into Trump's worldview. Yeah, yes. not so much buy into the worldview, but be a, a figurehead, I think, lead of an agency. If he's not going to be able to have his own staff and call the shots, uh, what or, the fuck is the point? Or on the, be the same level in, in the uh, as Steve Bannon. Uh, and uh, Jared Kushner and Steve Bannon rule the world mm -hmm. in that White House. So Mike Flynn, by the way. Um, there has been a lot written about this. He is, he's a career military man. He, he takes orders. He does what he's told. Um, yeah, he does leadership. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that there was some discussion, whether it was Steve Bannon or Jared Kushner or Donald Trump himself, of course. that he initiated this discussion with Russia. I don't think there's any question about it. I think there's no proof. Mm. But I, def I mean, he doesn't do that on his own. Just wait for the book. I just love that David Petraeus was on the top of the list. 
of replacements. That the guy who was convicted of uh, leaking top secret information to his mistress. Yeah. And the they were really considering yeah. him to be in that top post. And he's the, he would have to have special dispensation from his probation officer to even take the job. Mm-hmm. Yet he's on the list. That's What's wrong right. with that picture? They don't care. <laughs> they really, they really don't care. There's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of speculation in the last week that uh, Chris Christie's gonna assume some role in the White House sooner than later. He's in his final months as the. He might governor. be going to jail too. No, he's fine. He's safe, isn't he? This is Bridgegate stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, the the trial is going forward, and and his underlings are gonna roll on it. I mean, how much does it suck to be that guy? Like, honestly, like four years ago, he was seen as like the likely strongest candidate to run against the Democratic incumbent president. Four years later, he runs. You talk about eating crow. This mm-hmm. guy, there was a story this week about he had, you know, he, he talked openly on a radio show. He had dinner at the White House. There was a whole bunch of people. Donald Trump said, here's a menu. You can get anything you want, except for me and Chris. We're getting a meatloaf. <laughs> like. He was Donald Trump's bitch. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's meatloaf. I don't think that's a secret. I want to break in a meatloaf song, but that's a different. Uh, two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. Do you not? Are you not familiar with the the meatloaf? No, I was just. No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> really yeah. I'm not really that familiar with meatloaf. No, I was just gonna sing the one song that everyone knows. Love by the Dashboard Light. Um, <laughs> why are you saying that one for? So Doug showed up today thinking we were gonna talk local politics. That's an area, a strong area of interest of mine, actually. I say, I think I've mentioned probably at one point in every episode, I teach the legislative process at Portland State University. I was on our state's capital this week. It's fun watching what they're doing. Somebody introduced a coffee tax a few days ago. Apparently they didn't learn anything from our nation's founding. Um, <laughs> what's going on locally? Wait, hold on. Well, Did we talk about what you do? We did PI. We were talking about that before we, oh man. I'm such a doof. We were talking about that before we started recording. Yeah. So, so, so Doug and I, we've known each other for a long time. So, we know that, but we, so now you're, so you're, a, a, tell us about your work as a legal investigator. Well, the majority of it's uh, between two areas. I do pre-employment background checks uh, for companies, but also I do uh, legal investigation, which I work with attorneys. And either it could be running to get evidence or interviewing witnesses or just being in the same room as the attorney and the, the DA just to make sure that what's said and what comes out on paper are the same thing. Um, or I'll sit in with the client and you know discuss options or discuss what we've got so far and, and our course of action. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm working on a couple cases now. It gets going lots of stakeouts. No, well, that's the domestic side, uh, and I don't do that much anymore. Um, although there is work to be had, there are only about seven hundred licensed investigators in the, in the state, and most of us specialize in one area. Either, and you'd be surprised at what you, uh, requires a license, like uh, accident reconstruction, that oh. investigator uh, for insurance, uh, auto insurance. Um, like fire examination, fire investigation. We're all licensed by the same. How do you become licensed? You fill out a form. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a thick packet, uh, yeah. but um, you go down to the Department of Public Safety Standards and Training, the same okay. people that uh, license uh, the law enforcement. 
law enforcement, private security, or uh, security that you see in stores. It's all licensed by the same department down there in what? Salem. They do a background check, fingerprints, and it's pretty easy to uh, get a license. And there's a lot of work to be had if you want to do uh, like uh, insurance fraud because you know there's so many people on disability or receiving disability payments. It's not glamorous. Mm -hmm. Investigation work is not glamorous, especially the, the insurance fraud because it's a lot of sitting in your car. Mm -hmm. And people, if they're not supposed to be doing something, they don't always, they're not always doing it. They, right. you, know, you have to sit there and wait for them to bend over or crouch or twist or <clears throat> whatever. And so it's a, uh, or if they never come out of their house, you just stare at a house yeah. for 12 hours a day and you eat poorly and it's very boring. But with the insurance work, they'll give you like 40 hours. So it's not like five hours here, five, five hours there. It's, it's eight hours a day for the whole week they want to see. Uh, and you have to be ready, you can't be looking down because you have to have your camera ready to go as soon as they walk out of their house just so you get video of them. Uh, so it's definitely not glamorous. I've done some domestic stuff, uh, usually it's uh, child custody. They want to see uh, where the other parent, either what the parent is doing when they don't have the kid. Are they going to bars? Are they, what are they doing? Uh, are they doing drugs? Something like that. So you see if you can kind of track their day. Or they want to see what you're, they're doing with the kid. Or they're picking up the kid and just dropping off at grandma's house and then going out. They want to know uh, if they're doing that. And then occasionally I'll, I'll do the, the infidelity, the surveillance mm. for infidelity. But with that... You go for a little entrapment there? No, no. Um, <laughs> but with the infidelity, people generally have an idea before they hire an investigator. They hire an investigator when they just need to confirm their suspicions because you know things aren't adding up or they just have their they have their suspicions. Um, uh, so yes, yeah, that's what I do. It's but fast. I don't do a lot. I don't do a lot of surveillance anymore because uh, it is it's just it's long. And yeah. Plus, uh, you have to do surveillance in the off hours, nights and weekends, and I want to keep you know safe. Do you have a family? I do. So. Those nights and weekends are a little rough. Yeah, uh, if I can find surveillance from like uh, eight to five, yeah. that's that's good. Uh, but no, it's definitely. Uh, Have you ever had somebody confront you in surveilling? No, uh, no, because even when you're following someone in a car, you don't. Even when you're tailing somebody, people you don't pay attention. I mean, especially uh, with traffic and everything else. Yeah, you know, you're, they're looking at their phone. They're looking up. I mean, and there are ways we can make it difficult on but I mean you'd be surprised at uh, and those who commit insurance fraud I would imagine believe they're smarter than everyone you know that type of person like really yeah. would never guess that they were being investigated no but I mean with that I mean you want video of them going I mean they can turn it on at the doctor right but the video you get is and from their front door the neighborhood. their front door yeah. to the doctor yes yeah. that's, that's the video that the insurance company wants I mean, because it's much cheaper to pay you than it is to you know, pay this person who can actually work. Yeah. So it's interesting. I like it because there's never, uh, never a dull moment. I mean, everything yeah. changes. I know people who do uh, a lot of surveillance, and they have the, you know, they have their SUV, and it's tinted windows. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have tinted windows in my car, uh, only because I never, I'm never afraid of the person if I'm taking video. I'm never afraid of them seeing me. Yeah. I'm afraid of people walking by seeing me. Right. And that's. Uh, Awkward. That's yeah. That's generally what you want to avoid. Because I mean, if you're down the block, no one's gonna notice if you're got a camera on. That's what I do, and I fell into it. 
it's not really a class you take or yeah. it was just, there was a need and you have to be able to talk to people and yeah. use some common sense. How long have you been in the PI work? Four years now. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's plenty of work to be had, especially in the defense crime pays. So that's what I do. Fascinating. Thank mm -hmm. you for, mm -hmm. and like me, you're up in like a, a news junkie and follow things at the local political level. I am, yes. Uh, Let's call this the Oregon Report. Oh, what is going on in the city? Uh, the big thing, well, today is uh, the Not My President protest rally mm -hmm. uh, is going on downtown. Um, like, do these people work? I realize I'm doing this, but I work it's all weekend. Holiday. They do. They're allowed to Federal take time holiday. off to go protest something if they'd like. Or they yeah, have the day off. Like, I'm not sure what that's going to accomplish. I mean, getting together for like an organized rally, I get that. I understand like the, the women's march and the and the science march in Boston this, this, this weekend. But these random protest rallies, I'm not just like, and not my president. Yes, he is your president. He's my president. He's your president. He's, he's I mean, that, we were complaining about the Electoral College the last eight years when it went to Obama. Mm -hmm. But we can't, so we can't bitch about it now. I went down to uh, to Portland State, which is downtown, apparently near where the protest uh, is happening today or happened today. There was a van full of the riot cops, oh. um, which, you know, like we're talking like arms fully armored, legs fully, you know. Well, it's more for their protection than it is. They're not like kicking people. Like batons, yeah. uh, you know, helmets, goggles, um, stormtrooper looking, all in black. It does not like for me as somebody who because that's slimming. It's slimming. It's 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 very. I, I don't like it. Um, I don't like it either. But you know, there's always the one or two protesters. The protesters that just aren't, wanna... aren't the opposition party. The media is the opposition party. Yeah, I heard that. No, but... it's like they're prepping for an invasion, and, and I understand the need for safety, uh, but the the optics. Uh, aren't yeah, good. it's a bad, especially when you know you get that that shot of. Uh, the tear gas going right in the mouth of a protester a couple years ago. Um, yeah, the visuals are not not the best, but I just I, I fully support their right to protest. I'm not really sure what the point of it is. They're angry. I get that. They're angry. They they upset and about this election. And but I did my protesting at the at the ballot box, and the other side won. They got a scoreboard. Now I'm going to protest at the next election. I understand that. But so that's going on today. And uh, homeless homeless is the big issue. How is that the big issue? Because it's everywhere. It's yeah. uh, it's impacted all 95 neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, so I was actually driving down 84 this morning, and there's the, the, the bridge that's 11th there. There's the steep hill. With all the garbage on the side? And there's there's a, there's a tent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The blue tarp. That, that, yeah. that had a little, found a little perch. There's a tent on that hill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then under it, it's it's a pretty big drop off. Yeah, that's exactly And about. it's just dirt there now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in my mind, like, my thought was like, excuse me, sir, you may need to move your tent because there's landslide danger where you're at. Like, that's, like, I'm worried about his whole tent just not, you know, him falling off the ledge, but the ledge falling off. It, like, we've reached a point where these are the things we're noticing in the city. Yeah, our homelessness count here uh, has gone through the roof in, uh, in recent years. Um, you've had some of the same city leaders in place for, um, you know, 20-ish years. Um, you've had developers who have um, thwarted any effort to have more inclusionary zoning, which you can now do, uh, but they have not. Which doesn't take effect until... But 
for how many months? There's also the, the irony of that is that the city of Portland went to the legislature to get some level, some ability to do inclusionary zoning. Mm -hmm. But where all the um, the high price developments are happening, uh, much of those developments are subsidized by the Portland Development Commission. Cormo mm -hmm. Williams is perhaps the best known uh, developer in the city of Portland. Mm -hmm. He's also the worst offender of signing deals with the Development Commission to do certain projects, and as part of those projects, including affordable housing. Mm -hmm. Then you fast forward 10 years, and he couldn't afford to do the affordable housing, and so, well, he, reneges, he, so he reneges on the deal, and you would think the city would say, you know what, I'm not going to do business with you again. You fucked us that time, you fucked us the next time, you're going to fuck us again in the future. So we're going to go with somebody else who has a commitment to doing inclusive housing. But instead, no, they just signed the next deal with him. And it's well, he tried to get the port uh, Pier One, and yeah. that fell through. That yeah. was good. I was like, are so, we going to give more public money to Homer Williams? So. Yeah. So the reason he was trying to get the port, he was trying to get the the terminal, Terminal One, wasn't Terminal it? One, and turned it into, into into this large homeless camp. For me, that had two problems. First, um, you are the face of the reason we have a housing crisis in Portland. You're not going to be the fucking solution to. Mm. You are disqualified from being involved. I think that's a good episode, right? Should we stop? We need a, we need a grand conclusion. No, we do need a grand, a grand finale. Is that you need a money shot to this? Uh, this no, podcast? this is this is this has been a fun uh, this has been a fun episode. Yeah. Though we uh, we didn't have a an interviewee as we have each of the last three weeks. I know. How how um, am I not here uh, when uh, Cynthia Hayes? Cynthia oh, that's Sylvia. awesome. Uh, or Sylvia? No, Cynthia Hayes. Fantastic. You should book her. Cynthia Hayes. Yeah, Cynthia Hayes. Uh, yeah, Sylvia Hayes. I would like Sorry. to sit down with her. She's a correspondent covering the Sweden uh, terrorist mm. attacks. She's not available. No, for that. Sylvia. And we can talk about her, her blog and her, her poetry. It was a good discussion. She's uh, an amazing lady. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I, huh? Be nice. She is very, very nice. Uh, she, uh, yeah, I feel bad badly for what happened to her. I think she got kind of railroaded, but. It was an interesting, it was good no one listens. You said no one listens to this. You said this had like, like 50 people. Not, it's a new podcast. But you yes. said the 50 people were like borderline like illiterate. No. Like, no. Did, you, did you say that? No, those were early, no. those were early Oregon legislators. Oregon, oh. Oregon, early legis Oregon early legislators are not our listenership. Oh. <laughs> oh, They're dead. Okay, I I did I thought you said the people listening to this were like not no not, they're like you know socially awkward and, and really couldn't communicate or <clears throat> understand like high concepts. Oh yeah, Thanks, so uh, you're saying you're a listener? It's a good fourth grade comeback. Okay. Yeah, Thank that you. was good. I mean, you should write these down. Good lord, <laughs> you're like Mac. You need to turn this podcast into well, start on bathroom Book. walls and then work up to paper. How about that? Can I borrow a sharpie? <laughs> Do that. All right. Are you are you friends with Sylvia Hayes? I like Sylvia very much. I only met her recently for the interview. Oh. I do consider her a friend of this podcast. So you only met her that one time? Yeah. She's a very nice woman. I've met her she once. Is. I just think... So the reason that we had her on the podcast is uh, she wrote that blank book. Yeah. Um, so for me, what I realized, even though I've known her for a long time, um, I didn't realize what a, a um, fun sense of humor um, she actually had. Because it was really just... Did you listen to the interview? No. 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 Have you ever listened to an episode of the podcast? Can we make somebody invite someone on the podcast and make sure they're a listener of the podcast first? I, I've heard of a podcast. 
Before. I never listened to podcasts before we launched this either. <laughs> oh. So, and I still don't really listen to a lot. They're good. They're so, informative. They, I mean, not this one. But, I mean, <laughs> you've never listened. How would you know? <laughs> I'm sure it's a very nice, nice podcast. Mm. Thanks, Doug. It was until today. <laughs> That's, I don't mean to come here and just I'm, shit all over your baby. <laughs> I mean, it's like. I mean, I kind of expected you would show up and, uh, how, how would you say it? Throw some shade? Yeah. I thought it would be more about the way I play poker, but. I respect you know. the passion that you have for this. It's, uh, I mean, knowing that it's not going to amount to anything and yet you put your heart and soul into it, I respect that. <laughs> I, I, I do, because there's no other motivation. Right. Just, just passion. So, yes. so for us, it's about, uh, Having a good time talking about politics because why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. I love the apartment. Thank this you. Very... If the apartment, what you meant is the Studio. apartment world, world headquarters. headquarters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, you are in the power base. What Skynet world headquarters? That... No, this is the Unpundit Podcast world headquarters. Oh, right here. So, <laughs> is, it, is it quality mic or is this something that? Yeah, it's okay. Did you get this at, at Free Geek? Like, no. is there a re- reused mic? Is it's, it donated? Uh, I, no, I... It's, Did you uh, buy this from a store? I, I bought it from a store. Yes. Really? It was Are you co-producing gift, this? But he wouldn't accept the gift, so like we have to pretend it's like on loan. Why won't you take the gift? It's he's, He struggles with that. Really? Because you think nothing's free in this world? Listen, this show. is a podcast, not a therapy. <laughs> is there something going on between you two? You, no. you feel like an obligation to repay her if it's a gift? Can huh? you just accept it and say thank you and move on? I mean, that was my first question, but... <laughs> yeah. Why, why can't you accept this gift? <laughs> I think that's what we'll pick up next week. Okay. <laughs> to be continued. Alrighty, folks. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening to The Unpundit. I'm your host, Jesse Cornett. If you like what you heard, please follow us on Twitter. We're at Unpundit Podcast. Or like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Unpundit Podcast. And please tell all your friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, heck, even unwitting strangers on the street, that they should listen to us as well. A huge thanks, as always, to our co-host Emily Keith and to Christian John Minor for composing and performing our theme song. Aloha!